A person believes she's seen all the way to the bottom of the well of human stupidity, and a reminder that that well apparently has no bottom is sometimes useful. Stephen King, Tommy Knockers. <laughs> the cave monster movie. Welcome! Welcome to Loathsome Things, a horror movie podcast, a movie a podcast where we discuss uh, sometimes really good movies and sometimes total pieces of shit. My name is my name is John, and with me as always is my co-host Josh. Josh, how are you doing, sir? I'm good. Did you know that Stephen King reviewed the Boogans and called it a wildly energetic monster movie? I mean, he's even wrong about that, and that was him trying to be nice. Yeah, Stephen Co-King. It's if he had just said it's a monster movie, he would have been right. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent correct. Uh, but yeah, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing. I'm uh, doing well. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I would be yeah. doing better if I hadn't seen this fucking movie. Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh my god! Yes, yes. Entirely fuck this movie. Yeah. Man, by the way, what movie are we talking about, Josh? Oh, oops! I think I already said it. Oh it's yeah. It's The Boogans by James L. Conway. It's 1981. It is our get this. 69th movie review. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We, we really blew, we blew that number, didn't we? This one got the closest to actually doing 69 of any of the movies we've seen. So, you know, <laughs> we got there. I guess I guess Donnie South and the armpit licking was pretty close, too. Our final rating might end up being a point six nine. Ah! Yeah, this one is not going to be breaching the 6.9... Uh, loathsome things, I don't believe. Yeah, it's gonna be something talking about this one. Woo! Yeah. So if you can't tell it's bad, it's uh, it's James L. Conway's um, horror movie? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Here's the deal with this. Okay. When I was a Ute, um, <laughs> as I briefly mentioned on the last episode, this was one of those movies like back in 81 where they, you know, the trailer would come on and you know, all the uh, all trailers had the serious guy voice, and yeah, you know, like there was a bunch of silly horror movies that were coming out in the early '80s, and there was you know some cool ones, but I specifically remember this one because it was hilarious to hear the guy go the boogans. <laughs> um, and I always thought, yeah, that movie's got to be. Even then, I was like, this movie's got to be terrible. And yeah. uh, and all the, through the years, I was like, I was just like. Every once in a while, I'd remember that stupid movie title and think, I want to watch that movie one day. And then a co-worker was pushing it on me pretty hard. And I was like, that movie sounds so bad. I bet that would be fun to cover. And <laughs> it might be fun to cover, but it's fucking terrible. It is so it's, bad. Ugh. It's bad. Did you read the bit of trivia about why the name is The Boogin? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because of The Boogie Man by Uli Lulu. <laughs> Uli Lomel got the title and they were like, oh shit, well we can't use that name. I guess we're gonna have to go back in, dub the word the boogans into the into the dialogue somewhere. And uh, I think that kind of ruined their whole thing because a big part of this movie is you think that there's this old guy that might be the killer or something and then they had to retitle the movie and so it very obviously didn't feel that way and and also, the movie's just real bad. Oh, God. It, 
another weird parallel uh in in the boogeyman uh uli lomo marries well he doesn't marry it in the movie but the yeah. the leading lady from that movie he marries eventually uh, james conway was married to rebecca balding until she died yeah. last year uh recipe she's awesome but um yeah not in this movie she's not but uh no she was in uh she, she was in a movie called Kiss My Grits. <laughs> and she was she did a lot of TV. Uh, soap. That's how I know her. Soap, Charmed, Beverly Hills, 90210. Uh, Con- the Silent Scream. Yeah, yes. Uh, Conway himself, he did, uh, he did a lot of TV. Episodes of Supernatural, Charmed. Uh, at pretty much every Star Trek television property. Okay, yeah, I gotta break this down. So, so for our Star Trek listeners out there, which I know there's at least one. Yeah. Um, so, so this guy directed three episodes of The Next Generation, including the one where Riker is in an insane asylum and thinks that maybe the whole thing with the Enterprise was part of his delusion. Nice. Four episodes of Voyager, including the one where Q wants to commit suicide and Janeway is like his his lawyer wow. for that. Seven episodes of Deep Space Nine and five episodes of Enterprise, including the two-part premiere of Enterprise, the famously worst Star Trek thing ever to happen. He also directed an episode of The Orville and he directed Star Trek Borg, the video game. Man, I mean, this movie—it's a—it's a, a Hollywood movie, and they—you know—they were able to get some people that were actually in things, like John Crawford, who'd been around forever, yeah. disaster movie uh, veteran, Poseidon Adventure, Towering Inferno, but then also he was in Falcon Crest and Hardcastle and McCormick. <laughs> uh, I love the TV. Like, every time we get one of these movies where they have these actors that were in every TV show, I'm just like, oh, yeah, I didn't know that was a TV show. Now I get a reference that another TV show made. It's so weird. Uh, John Lormer <laughs> plays the old man, the old creep. He was in Creep Show and uh, the Twilight yeah. Zone, Magnum P.I., Harper Valley PTA, and Lou Grant, among many others. The, and then the other minor dude was, like, in every single Western movie in the 1950s. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff Harlan was in Parks and Rec. That was one of the guys with the, like, most recent credits, really. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. I was like, oh, I don't remember who that character is. Yeah, I, yeah, I wish he had actually died when they were making this movie, because he sucks. <laughs> His character... His character is the worst. I I can't tell if the idea is that we're supposed to be, like, wanting him to die, or if the idea is that he's so charming. Like, I really don't know yeah, where I, the humor of this movie is supposed to be. Yeah, it's so bad. The characters are so... It's just... The, the, the biggest issue with this movie, and we'll get into it, is that it's dull. It's just yeah. boring as shit. Yeah. Yeah. That is definitely the biggest issue. Even above the uh, the weird sexism, and uh, it's one of those 80s movies where there's a dog and there's a lot of humor centered around the way the dog acts. It's not good. It's so It's bad. not good. Uh, another note here is uh, Anne-Marie Martin, who plays Jessica. She was a uncredited role of Darcy in Halloween 2. Oh, yeah. And... She has a single writer credit. She co-wrote the screenplay for the 1996 Bill Paxton and Helen Hunt tornado thriller Twister with Michael Crichton. What 
book where do you be like, oh yeah, and also I'm gonna write this fucking kind of awesome movie. It's so weird. <laughs> yeah, she was also in the in in episode of the Young Ones, or I just thought that that was really strange. Like you were on a cult British sitcom. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Real real weird credits in this movie. Yeah. I I thought I was gonna be able to breeze through the IMDb research, and then at a certain point, I was like, you know what? No, I just can't go into all of this. There's too many rabbit holes. I think Anne Marie Martin is Canadian, right? Because she says. She has, you know, she says oat or some, you know, one of those type deals. Whatever. Yeah. That doesn't really matter. But I went ahead and said it anyway. <laughs> nice. During the filming, uh, James was like, you know what? I want to see that hot lady that I will marry be all naked. So I'm going to see if we can get her to be naked. And she was like, yeah, I'll be naked in this scene. And yeah, I'll be naked in this scene. And yeah, I'll be naked in this sex scene. And then apparently she met Fred McCarran and was like, you know what? I'd rather not be <laughs> naked in this sex scene. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic and so yeah that's this movie yeah thanks for listening yeah <laughs> goodbye <laughs> oh right the next right. part anything else we need to say before we move along john i don't think so uh no i don't i don't have anything all right uh we start off where it's a uh, bunch of the Silver City Gazette headline newspapers, real bad. They don't do good newspaper layout at all. No. But we hear about the silver mine, the silver mine cave-ins, the dozens trapped and abandoned for dead in the silver mine, and the reports of attacks inside the silver mine. Dun, dun. And then now, in the present of 1981, there's some guy named Mark and some guy named Roger, and they are working with two other guys to reopen a mine. Mark is a solid worker, and Roger will not stop talking about sex, the number of days it's been since he's had sex, how looking forward he is to sex some more, coming again, coming, and, um, and all of the sex and how... The, the human body and the sex and 12 days or 11 days. It's kind of hard to tell. It kind of made it sound like he had sex the day after he left, but I don't know. It's weird. Also, a lot of mining jokes are made like, oh, they get to do that while we get the shaft. Great. By the way, I, you know, I feel really bad for Mark because in those 11 or 12 days, apparently uh, he, he didn't know how to masturbate, so he wasn't even able to do that. <laughs> it was 1981. People hadn't invented masturbating yet. <laughs> there was no crank yanking back then. Oh, oh man. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He just won't stop talking about it. I yeah. mean, he's an OSHA violation all on his own. <laughs> um, they're, they're knocking on beams. It's a old. It's the mind that, you know, all the people, the cave-in and the people trapped, and they're going to reopen it, so they're knocking on timbers to see if the structural integrity is all good. And then they, you know, just, you know, you know uh, blow up some stuff with dynamite real good. And then as explosions are happening, we zoom to, like, the horizon or whatever, and there's an old worried man, uh listening to dramatic music while he looks on from the distance. Then we see Jessica is coming to town for Roger to have sex with, and she's bringing Trish, a person for Mark to have sex with, um, and they are in a Volkswagen, 
and they have a dog named Tiger. Meanwhile, some random woman runs her station wagon off the road to avoid hitting a deer. She has a I Break for Animals bumper sticker on her station wagon, which... Now that her station wagon is stuck in an icy ditch, the camera just focuses on that because of the movie having a sense of humor, you see. Yeah. Um, then she hoofs it to the house that Mark and Roger bought and are going to live in together. Hoofs it. And have sex with women in. <laughs> <laughs> and she's going there to warm it up for them by turning the house on it's set in the colorado snow but then instead of warming up the house she is dragged down into the basement screaming to her death uh and then back to jessica and trish we find that uh <laughs> they can't read a map <laughs> oh man why aren't these roads color coded like they are on the map why wouldn't the blue map a blue road on the map be colored blue on the actual road. <laughs> if only we'd brought a man to help us get there. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, and then the, the dog runs away and we, we're introduced to the fact that everyone hates Tiger. So they run off into the woods after the dog, give up on looking for the dog, come back. And now the dog is standing on top of the car and it's like, Tiger! <laughs> fucking dog. Oh, man. Back at the mine, they clear out an old cave-in and find a sparkly pool with something moving around in the water that none of them notice. They also find the skeletons of the trapped miners. Yeah, that's fucking so great. Uh, yeah. Jessica and Trish uh, finally arrive in town. Great. Um, they're like jabbering away, chit-chatting, uh, as they drive through the town, uh, Trish is like, oh, I'm sure the people here are there really nice. And she says, oh. hey, old lady walking down the sidewalk, how are you? And the lady gives her the stink eye and then they laugh. <laughs> they laugh and they laugh. <laughs> they're not nice at all. <laughs> oh God. And then, uh, they get to the house, uh. Jess immediately claims the bouncy brass bed because she's going to be fucking Roger on that. And, uh... Twelve days. <laughs> Trish, Trish, also apparently unable to masturbate, uh, Trish decides to run a bath, um, and then she finds out that there's no hot water, so she needs to go down to the basement, she's going to find the boiler. We get the two-hour-long, the old dark basement scene trope with a flashlight and creaking noises, and then... Oh my god, a, a cardboard box that's empty and taped closed falls over, and behind the cardboard box is the dog who apparently was built a wall of cardboard boxes, walled himself in just so he could trick Trisha. <laughs> you little scamp. And uh, they go back upstairs, and then, uh, this is really scary, uh, you actually hear some boogenses going on in the background. And, uh, oh man. Uh, whew, back at the mine, uh, one of the mine dudes tells Roger that uh, he needs to go to Denver because they need some updated maps. Man, they really need the internet. Um, he's frustrated because he really wants to bang. I mean, 12 days. And uh, 12 days. The guy's like, hey, you know, you can, you're going to leave at like 3 a.m. That should be plenty of time 
to fuck your girlfriend on a squeaky brass bed. And, uh, yeah, which leaves, leaves him pr- plenty of time. So he's like, gets the keys to the truck. Uh, they take off. Oh, guess who's watching? The oldest man in the world is, is still <laughs> just, just standing outside all winter. At the empty at the entrance to the mine, apparently just staring at people. It's like, it, yeah. yeah, it's it's fucking terrible. Um, it's cold as fuck outside. You can see like he's all the way bundled, but he d- d- no hat, yeah. just bald bald head to the sun. Hasn't died no, yet. He's it's fine. Ridiculous. Yeah. Back at the cabin, <laughs> Roger and and Jessica are basically wrestling on the bed. Um, that's oh, yeah. their foreplay. Apparently, Trish gets out of the bath. Mark ha- sees her ass because. You know, she acts, oh, 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 my gas accidentally fell out of the back of my towel. And then there's more <laughs> shenanigans and tomfoolery. Uh, Mark heads to the kitchen, has a Coors. Uh, meanwhile, back in the fuck den, Tiger gets kicked out, uh, dropped mm-hmm. outside the door. And then Trish wants Tiger, Tiger, she wants Tiger. She wants Mark to investigate yeah. the basement. Great. Um Meanwhile, Mark lectures Tiger uh, about being a nuisance or going away or whatever because he wants to, you know, bust a move on Trish. Uh, she joins him, grabs yeah. a Coors. They're drinking some beers together. They make terrible jokes. Uh, they have a very forgettable conversation. They, they flirt a little bit, and then there's a knock on the door. The cops have arrived. They're looking for Martha, who uh, was the lady that got boogensed earlier in the movie. And... Uh, and then the cop leaves because they don't know anything. And they, they were all like, what lady? And then... <laughs> <laughs> yep. Which sounds a little suspicious, actually. Um, back at the mine, the, uh, the old dude is still fucking hanging around, snooping on the miner that's there working. Um, uh, the gang goes out to eat because they're tired. They don't have any food. And so they go out to eat. In the meantime, while they're gone, Tiger... Uh, decides to pull a shoe out of the closet and eat it on the fuck bed. Then he hears a noise in the basement, and we get the, the boogans cam. <laughs> and, uh, great, whatever. Uh, Tiger opens the basement door because that's what he does. He just opens doors all the pl- all hey, over the place. He's a velociraptor. Yeah, barks like a little bitch. And then the uh, <laughs> the boogan. I get it would just be if it's just one. I guess it's just a boogan. I mean, technically, the Boogans is a sensation that one feels. Ah, right. Yeah. Yeah. So the thing, Boogans, yeah. makes makes its move. And back to the restaurant <laughs> where they're done with dinner and now they're going to the pool hall. But first, they have to have a really stupid snowball fight and tell more bad jokes. Mm. Uh, then they go to the pool hall because they're going to they want to play pool with the old men. And then Roger grabs the keys and takes off. Hey, guys, I'm going to go back to the house. I need to get some sleep. So he hops in the truck and drives away. Uh, Jessica basically is like a pool shark and, like, takes the old men for all they have, which is, I'm sure, nothing. Uh, Meanwhile, uh, Mark and uh, Trisha are chatting away. Oh, it's riveting. Um, (laughs) Roger gets to the cabin. Uh, to go get some sleep. He finds trash spilled all over the kitchen. He's calling for Tiger, can't find him, and then he kind of just goes, yeah, you know, not fuck Tiger, yeah, I don't care. Fuck, fuck that dog. Yeah, I'm going yeah. to sleep. And then he goes to sleep, and then the booger starts creeping. He's cold creeping like a phantom. Sorry. Uh, 
Trish and Mark do a little pre-fuck while my brain dies. (laughs) And then Trish Trish and Mark leave and Jess sticks around uh, to just... and continue to annihilate the old men at pool who are like, oh, we'll give you a ride home later. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. That, what could what could go wrong there? Um, <laughs> Roger can't sleep. I mean, he's too excited. And there's tomfoolery going on. So at, because he just decides he's going to go. You know what? I'm, fuck it. I'm grabbing the keys. I'm out of here. So he has a beer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 1981. Grabs a roadie. And, and then he gets under truck semi boogensed and kind of like almost escapes, but then gets fully, fully throat slashed boogensed to death. Yeah. I love that. Part of the tension of this movie is you think that the old man is the boogeyman. That was the idea when they were filming it. But it's very quickly, obviously not a boogeyman situation. So, like, one of the central elements of tension in this movie is undermined from the get-go. And it it, it just does nothing. Even dumb people went to this movie knowing it was a monster movie. So the old man is completely useless. Yeah. Also, I'd just like to argue this movie should have been a PG movie. Because the target market for this movie is young people. Like, maybe even G take all the sex out, no blood, and just, because it's for children. It's the kind of movie that maybe a child would be scared of, but no one else. It's terrible. But all of the sex, John, all of that one tit, um, the 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 butt that you could, like, wouldn't stop a quarter on the way down. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I hate this movie. <laughs> the, the snowball fight that you referenced was because... Mark, like, they, they made reference to making a cake, and he was like, oh, you remembered? And she was like, remembered what? And he was like, it's the anniversary of your first orgasm. And they're like, Mark, and they start throwing snowballs at him. What the fuck? <laughs> oh, Mark, you cad. <laughs> he's just disgusting, and they think it's hilarious, kind of. Yeah, they think, he, they think he's fucking hilarious, which he's not at all. Mark is dead. He's under the, the SUV. Um, Roger. Jessica is... Roger, yes, sorry, Roger's dead. Uh, Jessica is back at the bar. They real the men realized they were in trouble when she knew how to rack the <laughs> billiard balls. They're like, "Uh oh, we're in trouble." She knows how to put the balls in the wrong order. Uh oh, she's putting the chalk on the correct end of the stick. <laughs> So yeah, Mark and Trish get back to the house. They don't realize that Roger's dead and they start doing sex business. Um, (laughs) There's this whole thing where it looks like the Boogans is sneaking up on them, but then it turns out it's Tiger who hasn't been eaten yet. The next morning, there are three crosses outside the mine uh, and a plank with the word death painted on it nailed over the mine shaft. Um, Sorry. Would you like to see mine shaft? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I'm so it's fucking like stupid. His famous book, Mine Shaft. <laughs> Wee! Oh. Uh, uh, at, at the mine some more, we see the old man stealing a bunch of dynamite, which I guess is cool. He's basically filling up a pauper's bag with it. Um... <laughs> 
Mark points out that uh, if the miners had died of gas or starvation, they'd find individual skeletons, and instead what they found is one huge pile of mixed-up bones, to which everyone goes, huh. Wow, a lot of bones. Oh, it must be where all those trapped miners died. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. That's. But then again, I don't even really care myself. It's like, they're so, they have no reaction to a giant pile of human remains. It's like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> just, just femurs and skulls, like, <laughs> mixed together. Like, femurs and pieces. skulls of a plenty. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's normal. That's uh, that's how you often find a pile of the dead in a mine. <laughs> Fucking, oh my god. Why are they even uh, opening the mine? Like, what? Ugh. I mean, there might be some more silver. There's, a, there's a, a jump scare. This movie features a jump scare where a guy is looking in the pool and the other guy's like, hey, I need more envelopes. Okay. <laughs> Just as people are starting to think to themselves, hey, where's Roger? Uh, we see the old man skulking around the mine some more at the Gazette, Trish. All right, there's this whole thing where Trish is going to work for a magazine, but she's going to the Gazette newspaper to find information about the mine. The lady at the Gazette newspaper is like, oh yeah, I used to work for that magazine. It's all very confusing and pointless but yep. while she's there she finds evidence that a man caused the cave-in after going crazy everyone starts to realize that roger is missing but not really caring a whole bunch they mm -hmm. just like put the pieces together like jessica finds his truck yeah. and then is like i'm worried about roger goodbye i'm gonna take a shower <laughs> because Trish, Jessica calls Trish, Trish goes to the mine, asks him about it, and he was like, yeah, no, we called Denver. Denver hasn't seen him. I wonder what's going on. Oh, well, um, <laughs> at the house, <laughs> at the house, Jessica is taking a shower and singing. She'll be coming around the mountain aggressively. Like, <laughs> oh my God. It's to the point that Tiger is barking and she's like, I'm just singing a song, Tiger, stop it! And then she starts singing it even louder. Meanwhile, a pair of sharp tentacles melt the air conditioning grate, grab Tiger, suck Tiger into death, leaving little poofs of poodle fur stuck to the bits of the grate. And then Jessica's like, well, now that's weird. And she comes out in a towel and also gets sucked down the grate where you, like it like cuts up her arm. She's wearing nothing but a towel, and yet somehow, even while being attacked all the way to death, she manages to keep her ass hidden in a towel, which is something that yes. Trish could not manage. Yes, that's. <laughs> I thought the exact same thing. I was like, "How the hell did she get sucked through a sharp grating hole?" And mangled to death in the basement. And she's still wearing her fucking towel. Like, I can't even walk from, like, the bathroom to the bedroom without the towel falling <laughs> off. I know. She dies while maintaining her modesty. Never once do we get catch a whiff of ass or tit <laughs> or vag. Great job. 
Good, good job, Jessica. You nailed it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, so we go back to the the uh, the fakest looking cave ever. Like, oh it's just, man, it's so weak. Um, Crawford he he decides that he's gonna crawl into the cave pond where the water must be just like barely above freezing. And he's just like, there's a scene where they're all sweating in the cave, which I thought was great. Um, <laughs> but anyways, he hits the cave pond because he just happens to see something. And that something turns out to be Roger, who apparently was um, melted, waxed in the face t- to death. Um, yep. On at least half of his face. And then the other half of his face has streaks of blood on it, even <laughs> though the guy just flipped him over being face down in water. Yeah. But somehow he's managed to have dried streaks of blood on his face. It's so god damn it, this movie. Um, <laughs> suddenly, out of nowhere, the old fucking codger arrives and starts chastising the miners and yeah. decides that he's going to just blow the thing up right now with the dynamite. Like, right now. You know, yeah. no, don't anybody get out or anything. I'm just going to blow the whole fucking thing up. You idiot. Um, Mark arrives out of nowhere and then. Then the codger gives them this this sad sob story about caves and there's tunnels that run under the whole town and they go all over the place and you know Mark realizes oh there's a tunnel in the basement of my house and then <laughs> they yeah he runs off takes off because he's really worried now um, the miners are you know talking with codger and the codger tells him that his dad is the guy that went crazy and went to an asylum because he saw weird boogans shit that's so yeah. stupid and how his his whole life is now he must stop the boogeroni but before he can act uh jack gets boogand back at the house yeah. uh i don't even remember how it doesn't even matter um back at the, back at the uh, cave again <laughs> the codger says Boogins. Boog. No, that's more like Boogins. <laughs> For no reason. Just to get that yeah. word in there. And then mm-hmm. dynamites the pond and gets booged for his trouble. Um, Trish returns to the house. Yeah, and that's it. That's the end of the old man. There's yep. no drama around him. There's no... Yep. He's just some fucking asshole who hangs around all the time and threatens to dynamite everybody. Yeah, that the whole thing just is there to explain why he was creeping around. Like like earlier there was a thing where he was creeping around their house and and it was supposed to imply like maybe he's going to kill someone, but it, no, actually he was just checking on the tunnels. Like the guy that wrote the movie, why put him in there at all? Like I guess the idea was he wanted to have some sort of exposition. Nobody wants exposition. Nobody gives a fuck. Yeah, he was supposed to be a boogie herring, but he wasn't. Well, how about they, they just, these people just show up and there's some fucking monster that lives in the mines. I don't care where it comes from. Yeah. They don't, like, in the, the, the Descent, they don't spend five hours telling you about how the creatures got into the cave and all this shit. I mean, they, they like, touch on it for, like, a quarter of a second. They're just like, well, they're probably mutants. And then they just move on with the rest of the fucking movie. God damn it. Great movie. Two great movies, actually. Yeah. Fuck yeah, The Descent did this way better. Yeah. But let's talk about this one, John. <laughs> Fuck me. Trish returns to the house, finds the shower running. Jessica is gone. 
and another mess in the kitchen. The mess in the kitchen is like the the Boogans bellwether, apparently. Um, yeah, I don't get the the Boogans canary in the coal mine. Whoa! <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> tied it together. Um, October sky. <laughs> Mark and the cops rush to the house. They meet up on an icy road. Um, Trish takes like seven and a half, maybe eight hours to traipse around the fucking basement with a pitchfork and a flashlight. Yeah. Uh, she finally finds Jessica's body still wearing her towel. Um, yeah. <laughs> Gets. That thing, that thing was just secured. She's got like nautical rope tying skills on towel fold. She stitched it into her flesh. Uh, Trish decides to leave because you know go get help or whatever. And then it's the it's another terrible basement trope where there's yeah. the the gaps in the in the steps and she gets tentacle booged in the gap step gap. Great. Yeah. Uh, but then be. the cop arrives at the rescue <laughs> and pulls out his 38 special and shoots the bug many times. And then he, the, the bug's dead and, you know, and then we kind of, hey. the rest of the movie just kind of, oh, I'm sorry. Then the yeah. cop gets booged in the face. Psych! And Mark gets the pitchfork and pitch pitchforks the thing and we finally see its face. It looks like that little creature in the Hieronymus Bosch painting with the, like, frog mouth with teeth in it. Yeah, and it has it has like Hobby Lobby glue on jewel eyeballs. It's so fuck. It's terrible. It's a yeah. terrible monster. It's so bad. Um, oh god. And then suddenly a fuel leak breaks out in there in the basement, and you know catches the 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 heater or whatever the the furnace. So the yeah. whole place catches on fire which apparently the actual place that they shot that scene caught on fire and burned to the ground in 10 minutes. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, I didn't yeah. uh, The Boogans comes back, you know, because of course he does, or it, or whatever it is. And then Trish and Mark hit the caves. They go through the basement and they hit the caves. And yeah, because instead of escaping upward and out of the house, they escaped into the mines. Into the mines, which are pretty much boarded up. So does that mean that every time the Boogans comes and goes through the mine hole in the basement, he boards and unboards the fucking hole? It makes no sense. God damn it. Uh, the Boogans comes back, of course, because you can't, you can't keep a good Boogans down. Um, <laughs> I'm an idiot. Uh, okay. So uh, the house explodes. I mean, it, yeah. Like a huge bomb, and then just to bring it all home, we see a cardboard house collapse on fire. Um, <laughs> then the gang climbs over some styrofoam rocks, and they get bonus boogand, and uh, then they run out into the you know the day or whatever. No, they don't. First, they run into the dead, but not actually dead miner. <laughs> He's yeah. back, and then he says, "There's more of them," and. They decide they're going to dynamite the caves, and then I guess whatever. I think the guy he gets dies. Boogans too. Yeah, he yeah. gets a quick. Yeah, that's right. He gets quickly Boogans. Then we get like a handy cam shot, the Booga Booga Vision, chasing them in like slow motion. I mean, they're just like it's like they're going for a stroll in the park, you know? <laughs> like, and the thing is, 
supposed to be all like you know intense with them running, but then the you know the camera goes to them and they're like, yeah. So I guess I don't know. I mean, I'll probably, <laughs> I'll probably yeah, I'll probably go to Denver pretty soon. I guess and, yeah. you know. Oh, no, he's still back there. We're good. And yeah. you know, I guess. So they, you know, three and a half hours later, they make it to the mouth of the mine, uh, and then they blast it closed with dynamite, and apparently that's, oh, that did it. And then Trish does, I don't know, she says, she tries to act, and she's terrible. And then they limp away, um, presumably for more fucking. And then <clears throat> we get one more burning house shot, for just for good measure, and then over the burning house, we get the credits. And movie over. Thank God. Oh, wow. Thank wow. God, yeah. That movie sucked. Yeah. It's so bad. Do you know, so, so you know, so you know how you're talking about like, oh, it turns out that the Boogan still isn't dead because it comes after him again? It's because there's supposed to be a bunch of them. Oh, that's right. They only had one suit. They only had the one. And, and But at no point does the movie ever actually make it feel like there is more than one of them. It just feels like there's one Boogans and it has variable speed settings. <laughs> you, well, they don't really get into it because they didn't want to go over their runtime. But in the original <laughs> Boogans script, they he really gets into the Boogans culture. And the Boogans have this kind of rule that... It's not fair to attack people uh, anything more than one Boogans at a time. So oh, they'll send one Boogans out from the Horde. And you know, that's worked for them for a long time. Plus they're a little excited because the mine hasn't been open. And so that means they can't get out. Except they can through the boarded up entrance, which they unboard and board back up whenever they need to pass into the basement. But they can't get out of the basement and go through the rest of the house because no reason... And the rest of the town is connected by a network of tunnels that are filled with fucking boogans, apparently. <laughs> but everything's fine because they closed that one entrance and blew up their house. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Uh, and uh, also the boogans eat people like to the point of like sucking on the bones until they're just white, uh, like, you know, sun bleached bones and yeah. um yeah yeah right yet when they kill people they just kind of slash their face drag them back to the cave sometimes other times just leave them where they killed them basically and uh and then uh yeah that's it yeah that's it don't eat what em. a gr what a great movie <laughs> what, a, what a shitty movie that movie fucking sucks it sucks in every way it's terrible yeah how much would you say it sucks on a scale of zero to five loathsome sucks? 0. 0.75 sucks. Oh, shit. You went for it. <laughs> I fucking hated this movie. It wasn't even like, it wasn't even fun bad like uh, the one that I could never remember the name for. Yeah, fun the bad. Yeah, the, the time travel-y stupid Lovecraft one. Oh, Intersect. Intersect, yeah. yeah. Jesus Christ, that movie. Oh, God. Yeah. But at least that movie was hilariously bad. This movie's just terrible. Yeah, yeah. It's maybe, maybe the timing's not off here, but like, the, they were going for it to, to be a horror comedy, but it's like, there's no situational element to the comedy. It's just people saying things that they yeah. think are funny. So it's like, what if friends, but all Chandler stuff? 
the two best actors in the entire movie are the two miners. Mm-hmm. You know, whenever those guys talk, they almost kind of sound like real people. But, you know, but they're, you know, they don't even really need to be in the movie, to be honest. I mean, they could have just had these guys come in and, you know, they're just a team that, that are hired to reopen the mine. They don't need these two fucking old dudes. But there's, they don't need, I mean, they didn't even, they didn't need to make this fucking movie, to be honest. I mean, <laughs> I hated it. Yeah. I fucking hated it. What was, what was your rating? Oh, I gave it a, uh, uh, a 1.4. Um, it doubled it, it, mine almost. <laughs> it's still generous. Like I, I had it at a 1.5, but then I looked at the other movies that I've given a 1.5 to, and I was like, nope, this movie is worse than those. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny. I mean, again, like when I watched the first, whatever, however long it was, it was, it was up until the point where the first lady gets, when Martha gets boogensed, but. When I watched it up to that point, I was like, yeah, this is terrible, but it's okay. It's kind of cool. I like the winter setting and blah, blah, blah. But man, it just can't, it can't do anything with anything. Like, why would you go all the way to Colorado and shoot this shitty movie when you could, you could just make it in your backyard with like white paper for snow? I mean, it's not like any of it was believable anyway. Who fucking cares? Instead, you make your actors go hang out outside for hours in 20 below weather <laughs> so, they, like the, there was that trivia the that piece of trivia that said that the final day of shooting lasted 20 hours oh my god for this god it's fucking horrible <laughs> they probably you, made like five thousand dollars each oh could you imagine like putting that level of effort and work in and then going to see the end result and it's this movie God, it even headphones didn't help this movie. It just sucked. Yeah. I mean, they they hired a fucking composer to make the soundtrack. Like you're hearing an actual orchestra play the soundtrack. Yep. Yeah. Wow, it, I can't wait to buy that one. <laughs> the uh the monster noise was done by uh James Conway's son who recorded a dog and cat fighting and then played it in reverse. Yeah. Don't stop the dog and cat from fighting. Yeah. <laughs> Just record them for, for your dad's bucket of shit movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fuck this movie entirely. You don't need to watch it. It's um, it's bad. It's really, really bad. I uh, mean, if you're a sexist and uh, eighth grader, you'll probably find the humor in this much to your liking. Jesus God! What oh, what was your rating? One point four. One point four. One point four. Okay, so yeah. oh my God, that's a two point one five out of two point one five. Yeah, it wow. it's. Oh, I mean, that's borderline watchable, which I feel like this movie is. Like, it's not worth watching, but if you need to have something on that you absolutely do not feel the need to pay attention to this is a good choice for you yeah i mean way back in the first episode we talked i mean i had mentioned that you know even terrible movies like horror movies i like to watch and i did like to watch this i mean it wasn't you know it's not like uh cannibal holocaust or whatever where they're killing animals and actually you know like that i'm that's just awful and i I won't watch that movie because fuck that movie yeah but but you know but I'll, you know, but I'll go ahead and watch some ruse get killed. Apparently, but this this movie, you know, it 
it, it's a little bit fun, you know, it's it's fine, whatever. But, I mean, you know, make no bones about it. It fucking sucks. Yeah, this movie is perfectly fine to have on and have watched it once. Mm-hmm. Doing what we do with movies. <laughs> Analysis. Yeah, yeah. Watching it multiple times and taking careful notes so that you can summarize the film's events. That's not what this movie is good for. No, and it's certainly not. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And I mean, this movie is like super regressive. Like this would have made a great monster movie like 20 years before it came out. It it should like this movie. This movie came out a year before John Carpenter's The Thing, just to give you like a frame of reference of where movies were at at the time. Like they could have like the monster looked like shit. The the sets would have been great for an episode of the Twilight Zone. Um, this movie, like, obviously, it, it would have been way better in black and white. Even like it, it's yeah. just it's just garbage. It's hot garbage. Yeah, this is like the production values for this movie are like season one Doctor Who level. Oh yes, like that fucking Mayan episode, the first one. That is just. Oh yeah. God! It's like that, basically. Well, it's better than that, I guess. But yeah, <laughs> but not <Right>. much. <laughs> not not enough to make it count. Because at least then you're like, "Ooh, Doctor Who, neat." Yeah, that's pretty hilarious. Oh, this <laughs> is so boring. But at least I'm watching Doctor Who. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, like the this guy, he didn't go for any of the cool stuff that would have made this movie okay. Like having like, I mean, the kind of not I'm not necessarily cool, but I mean the kind of stuff that would make it at least slightly entertaining like excessive gore or mm-hmm. you know the titathon or whatever like the kinds of things they put in these movies but no they give you like a butt and a side boob and like a little bit of fake paint red blood that and then the worst monster ever that you don't even see until the end like if you're gonna make a monster that looks that bad just show it yeah just, just have it like ordering beers and stuff because i mean it's just you're not it's not like you're tricking anyone into thinking it looks cool by just showing it for a second (laughs) yeah yeah this yeah this is not a case of uh the monster looks cool the less time it is on the screen this one it didn't you didn't get there this is like it's like a weird turtle guy and yeah it's it's not good with turtles (laughs) yeah it's got spiky turtles and uh, it, it'll it'll bite your face and look like it look like a glove while it's doing it. They could have flashed like a single frame of this thing, like a subliminal Boogan's message, and it, <laughs> and it would still be too much time on screen. Yeah, you'd be like, "Wow, I feel like this movie looks like shit, and I want to smoke a cigarette." <laughs> you'd be like, "Wow, I." suddenly hate turtles (laughs) i never had a reaction emotional reaction to turtles before (laughs) oh fuck this movie john what else have you been having doing for good instead of this watching (laughs) talking yeah hey i uh i saw i saw a couple things i saw this movie on shutter called mastama Which, well, I didn't even finish it, to be honest, because it was fucking terrible. Um, So I won't talk about that. I saw the the last Insidious movie, The Mm. Red Door, which was um, fucking terrible. (laughs) And 
It was terrible. And then uh, I watched VHS 85, which I give thumbs up to VHS 85. That was a blast. Nice. Um, that's it. I mean, I, you know, listen to a bunch of, bunch of horror uh, books and, you know, a lot of, I'm absorbing a lot of other horror media that I won't get into, but just because it's boring. But um, yeah, I'm still waiting for my fucking story to come out. But it is coming out. They just, you know, they just haven't. They haven't published it yet, but I've already got, I've already like read the proofs and they've got the cover out and everything. It's, it's going to press as I, as I speak. Nice. But how about you with your, uh, horrification? Um, uh, not very much, but, uh, not, so not horror, but I did watch Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse mm, and mm-hmm. it is fucking amazing. That's uh, what I've heard. Yeah. I need to watch that. Yeah. Uh, did you like the first one? I, I liked it a lot. This one might actually be better. Like it wow. is like the the visuals are just over the top amazing. Like really? it, yeah. it's it's artistic. It's uh it's phenomenal. Yeah, it's it's just really great. If you haven't watched it, it's definitely worth the watch. Get it on your your biggest highest definition mm. TV you can possibly watch it on. Oh, that's I think I'm gonna watch that tonight. That sounds yeah. good. It's fucking awesome. And then I've been watching uh, a show on HBO. Or I'm sorry, on no, I'll just call it HBO. Um, it's called Scavengers Reign. It's kind of like a mix between Heavy Metal Magazine and Studio Ghibli. It's a animated mm-hmm. science fiction body horror. Um, oh, that show. Yeah, it's. So good. Damn, you're you had a much better horror week than I did. <laughs> yes. It's it is so good. There's this one scene where like this guy like recently uh escaped a horrific pod person death, and then now he's just he feels real good. He's like, Yeah, I feel real good. Oh, I love this place. And they're like trying to travel to the place where their ship landed, and and the person he's with like goes to sleep, and then he's just like working through the night, and she wakes up the next day and she's like, "Dude, what are you doing?" He's like, "I feel good. I'm making a shelter for us in that cave." And she's like, "Shelter in the cave? No, we're going to the ship." And he's like, "But what if we stayed here?" And he's just like gathering stuff and putting it in this weird cave. And she's like, "What are you doing? You're acting weird." And he's like, "No, I like it. It feels good." And uh, and then she notices that there's like a flap of skin on his chest, and she's like, "What that?" <laughs> what that what's that and he like he's like oh and then he like pulls the flap of skin on his chest open and you can see straight to his heart and see that there's like this horrible little alien creature that's fakely squishing his heart alive and he he's like oh no Oh my god, I have yeah. to see this. Yeah, it, it's phenomenal. It's like top-notch stuff. So yeah, he- heavy metal mixed with Studio Ghibli and um, maybe a little bit like Fantastic Planet business in there. Wow. Yeah. Damn, that sounds really good. It's really good. Uh, just, uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's good. I don't sure. I don't think I actually gave anything away there. <laughs> Uh, so, so you said other weird, boring to talk about horror media. Just, just, just real quick, touch on that. What, what do you mean? I, I, I listen to so many horror audiobooks. I mean, I've listened to a hundred and nine this year. Um, yeah, and Shit. Uh, so I mean, I just burn through them. But I mean, 
that's all I was talking about. I didn't want to like like I I listened to uh, the the latest book by a uh, trans female author named Haley Piper, uh, a light most hateful. That was that was really good. Um, I'm reading like actually reading a book called Whisperwood by a Transylvanian author named Alex Woodrow, who is who is from there, but like. And it has a very strong accent, but her English is, like, flawless. And she wrote the book in English, and I, I'm assuming she has, like, an English parent or something, which is why her name is Alex Woodrow. But, uh, yeah. But, nice. uh, yeah, I'm reading that, and uh, I probably burned through some other books that I can't remember in the last... I mean, it's been two weeks. God, I've probably finished three or four, so... That's awesome. <laughs> you So you're listening to audiobooks the whole time you're at work? Pretty much. And, I mean, I can get about... On a good day, I can get five or six hours in. Um, the good thing is I just discovered that, you know, and you can do this from anywhere, basically, that if you get a, if you get a library subscription, um, you've got a library card or whatever, like here in uh, the place that we live. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Houston, whatever. <laughs> um, Damn it! No, John! <laughs> Uh, no matter where you live, you, you know, like you could do it in Houston, but it, I'm just, there's libraries all over the place. Like if you get a library card, you know, now there's all kinds of digital stuff that you can lend. Tons of ebooks and lots and lots of audiobooks. And their their horror audiobook selection is really good. The problem is most of it is out on loan. Um, yeah. But there's always something to listen to, you know. And I listen to uh, a new book by the guy Clay McLeod Ch Chaplin. Chapman, uh, the book is called, uh, oh God, what's it called? Uh, anyways, it's, that's really good. Uh, did you ever see The Terror? It was based on the Dan Simmons book. Yeah. Yeah, that, that show was really good. That um, show kicked ass, yeah. And I love Dan Simmons. Dan Simmons is amazing. Dan Simmons is awesome. And this guy wrote a book, um, Bracken, Mc, is it Bracken McLeod, I think. He has the same, yeah, that's right. Um, it's called Stranded, I believe, and uh, it's the same. It's kind of the same premise, essentially. Like these guys get stuck in the ice, and you know they they. But th this is contemporary, and they're trying to get to an oil rig, uh, and they're going to have to hoof it basically because they're trapped. And then, of course, all this weird supernaturally shit starts happening. But it's a really good book. That's that I recommend that one highly. Nice. Yeah. So so at work uh, recently. Um, I was I was approached there like, hey, for for like this thing that we're doing, we we need like a list of um, like famous expeditions, and I was like, oh hell yeah, I I have favorite expeditions, and they're like, okay, but they need to be ones that were successful, and I was like, oh no, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are no fun. <laughs> what? Who cares? Don't you want to hear about the Dupont guy that got eaten? Yeah, exactly. Or was that the Rockefeller? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's like, oh man, that's that's boring. A successful expedition is just colonialism. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's funny because it's true. Yeah. <laughs> oh, awesome. Well, all right. So we did good stuff these last two weeks. None of it was watching this movie though. So uh, check us out two weeks from now whenever we've watched another movie. And that movie, so this movie dealt with isolation and it dealt with friendship. Mm. And, and it dealt with 
the relationships between men and women and men and men and women and women. Yeah. Um, and so I figured, let's let's keep that theme up. You know, Christmas is coming around. So I wanted, I really wanted to dive in on the theme of friendship. And yeah. so for our first December episode, we will be reviewing Perry Blackshear's 2015 mumblecore film, <laughs> They Look Like People. Oh, wow. that's a good movie. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. It's been a few years. Maybe it sucks now. I think yeah. the last time I watched it was before we started reviewing movies. So. Oh, me too. For sure. Yeah. So, who knows? Maybe it's terrible. I don't think it's terrible. It's not terrible. It's, it's better than the Boogans. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right now so, so, we'll get there. So, join us in two weeks. Until then, um, have already please had a great Thanksgiving, you know. Good old pilgrims taking that food. You do it too. Go Croatoa. <laughs> <laughs> and and as always, <laughs> I'm sorry your turkey has to die. <laughs>